Welcome in to the Like Father, Like Son Sports Podcast with your hosts, Daryl and Daryl Jackson, where we bring you a weekly roundup of the past, present, and future in the world of sports. For great sports content that you can get at home or on the run, it's time to listen up to a father and his son. Welcome, everybody, into the Like Father, Like Son Sports Podcast, Season 1, Episode 10. We're glad to be back with you, covering the second round of professional basketball and hockey and talking about the Euro Cup, which we're going to get to a little bit later. We're excited to talk about that, talk about a little bit of everything going on, and we hope you're doing well, and we look forward to this coverage. So before we get started, though, we just always want to touch base on the NFL, talk about things that are going on with football off the field as we're all getting ready for an exciting season coming up. Uh, one of those things that just happened this past weekend is uh, we got a big name that moved to another place. Uh, but we're going to talk about that in a second. My name is Daryl. I'm here with Daryl. And uh, we're excited to talk to you about all that. So Julio Jones, longtime Falcon, said he was moving, finally is, headed to the Tennessee Titans, what do you think about that? Oh, yeah. I look at that. It was like a yeah, fair deal. I mean, they didn't give up too much for him. It was, it will, I think Julio really definitely will help. You know, that give another threat, you know, to go along with Brown on the outside. Um, with Derrick Henry in the backfield. Um, Tannehill has, I, I, yeah, I look at it as an upgrade because even though Corey Davis moved on, um, Jonas moved on at the tight end, tight end spot, Lord, but... Um, but I also feel that at this point in time, Daryl, that um, this is something good. This is good for Tennessee to give them another threat to, you know, to do what they need to do. Yeah, exactly that. It's just somebody who gives them a little bit more of an edge. I think now you got two really dynamic uh, offensive pieces to keep uh, Derrick Henry honest, which is what you want other defenses to do. You want them to keep keep honest, you know, so you don't have to load the box. Now, if you, if you load it with eight, you got a, two receivers that you really have to deal with that are... And Corey Davis was a good player for, for the Titans, but he was just very inconsistent. Correct. That's what I would say. Yeah. And so I think that Jones is an upgrade in terms of consistency. Um, I know his health is always a question mark, but I feel like they're not going to ask him to do as much. Yeah, but I think he'll fill in the spots. Like I said, he's still a threat on the outside that people's going to have to cover him because if you don't, I think he can have a really good year. Definitely. So we'll see how it goes. I, I like the move. I'm just glad that he actually did move. Yeah. Because you hear about all these players. Like, we, you know, we've been trying to keep you updated on Aaron Rodgers. We've been keeping you updated on Deshaun Watson. But it's just a lot of noise, a lot of smoke, not a lot of action. You know, that Julio, that, that went pretty quick. You know, right. he said it, he wanted out. And, you know, within a few weeks, he was out. So we're just glad to see that he is yeah. on a new team. And uh, now I think, you know, it even works out for Atlanta to be able to move on in a different direction. And so right. I think both teams, uh, I think, ultimately got what they wanted. Okay, and you talk about other things like, yeah, you know, Aaron didn't show up for camp, you know. So. Right, which is to be expected. Right. But it's like the, the whole NFL world to agree. Like I said, Julio's a nice piece. But I think the whole NFL world will shift when the decision on Aaron Rodgers is made. Right, I think they're, they're, Green Bay is uh, putting their foot in the ground, staking the ground, whatever you want to say. I don't think they have to trade him. They can, you know, let him sit out for a year. Uh, 
I mean, he loses the money, but the thing is, he's making a point. Um, something has to come about. I mean, will it be before, you know, full preseason? Or um, will it be before the season? We don't know. It all depends on how uh, Jordan Love progresses and stuff at this point in time. So far, he's not looking like a person that can take over right now. He's like two or three years out. So, um, and the guys they brought in, he's not really going to help. Green Bay at this point in time, but hey, we just got to see what happens. Exactly, and the way I look at it is, at least in that situation, I don't know what the packages are, are there. You know, you've talked about New Orleans, I've talked about Las Vegas. I don't know what can be offered or what has been offered. I just feel like if you're going to get multiple first-round picks and somebody in return, you might as well do it. I, I look at that division as very winnable. I think they still have pieces to win, so I just feel like they just need to get get this thing over with and hopefully it'll right. happen. Right. I mean, the only thing we're hearing is from the management and the coaching staff, but, you know, really not hearing from the actual players, not past players that have been there with Rodgers and stuff like that. I'm talking about actual players. There has been no one coming out saying that they're disgruntled and stuff. I think a lot of people have very hesitant responses at this point in time, so we really don't know. Okay. But then – um. So we'll keep you posted on, on what happens there, but then we shift a little bit just uh, to NCAA football. So your guy Nick Saban extended through 2028. What do you think about that? Hey, very good move. Uh, I looked at it like it was a no-brainer. It's actually probably Nick's choice. You know, who's going to get rid of the probably the all-time number one college um, head coach um, at this point in time? It's up to Nick if he feels like he can still do it. There's a lot of prodigies coming out of his um, – Toolage is chained uh, like a tree. They talk about a coach's tree, and there's a lot of coaches that have jobs now that worked under Nick. And I think uh, as long as Nick want to have that spot, he'll keep Alabama to where they need to be at this point in time. So you think that this is where he'll probably just retire? Oh, yeah, definitely. He's he, not going to – because remember there's times he was going no, to go to no, USC no. or to go to Texas or any of these other places. No, like, no, why, why would no. you do that? Exactly. Nick, this is just going to be his final job. When he leaves this, he's, he's retiring. He's not going to go to the NFL or anything like He'll that. He'll do like a Coach K, kind of like kind of a thing. Yeah, just finish Just out. kind of finish out and then – Right. The thing is, to, is to groom the next person that will replace him. That's the only thing I think that would be – I mean, it's a prime spot. It's only a prime spot because Nick's there. I mean, any other coach come in, they're going to have to build their own legacy. It's right. not going to be – they can't ride. Because like, players go there because Nick's there, you know. He produces NFL talent ball players. So, if you want to be have a, in a program like that, I think Alabama's the place to go. I'm not taking nothing away from Ohio State, Clemson. These are great programs, you know, great, great coaching staff. But the stamp for long-term consistency, Alabama. Definitely. Now, what do you speaking? I just mentioned it, Coach K. What do you think about that? It makes, does that make sense, or do you feel like they should have did a little bit more of a search before just giving John Shire the job? Do you think he'll oh, do yeah. well with it, or like how do you think that that all plays out? Wow, that's a good question. Speaking to different people about this and stuff, I think yeah, I think they could have done better. I'm not saying taking nothing from Shire, you know, he's under there, but hey, my first look would have been Johnny Dawkins. That's what I was thinking. I mean, that had been for a while. Because he's still on the uh, assistance, right? No, or, no. Or he's, been, he's been gone. Yeah, he's been gone. But he's working out. He almost beat him with Taco Falls over there in um, Central Florida. Oh, that's right. Right. A couple years ago. We're so, still waking up today. Right. Yeah, so that's where he was. I think uh, Johnny Dawkins would have been the better fit. You know. Yeah, that's right. Johnny Dawkins. 
I mean, if he wanted this spot, but I mean, there's other guys. Do they look at it and say like we? Of course, you know, you you can't even John Shire said it. I'm not looking to be the next Coach K, but they look at him and say, hey, this guy is in his like early to mid 30s. We we can he can develop over time. Yeah, that's a possibility. You have to give young guys opportunity and stuff like that. But the thing is, it was so quick. Was this already set in stone already? I mean, Coach K had many other assistants that been sitting on the bench with him for all these years, and then you just switch it over like that. I mean, it could have been a slant to quite a few other guys. They're not going to come out and say it, but I can imagine some of those other assistant coaches that's been there long before when Shire left, he went away, came back, and he tried a little bit in Israel playing and stuff like that. Had that eye injury that didn't help him. Um, but the thing is, I'm not taking anything from the young man. I think he knows the game, knows what to do, but will he be able to connect with those players that Coach K did? Because that's why they went to Duke, because of Coach K. Correct, and it's, it's the recruiting thing. Like, right. can you, like, okay, the name is Duke, but can you continue that uh, line of saying, like, hey, we're, we're going to be a, 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 a top school right. going forward? Hey, again. That's going to be a stretch, you know. It's like even like when we look at Georgetown, when John Thompson, um, it's like, you know, when he came in and um, he did what he did. And when he left, never was the same, you know. But Georgetown, this year, Patrick got a team to the NCAA. He was finally, I mean, um, um, JT3 did it, you know, after he left Princeton, came over to there, did a good job, but he was trying to change the system. I mean, it's a whole builder part. You you got to sell these kids nowadays. You got to make these kids feel that they have. First of all, parents want to feel like, do my kid have an opportunity to get to the next level? Will he get a good education if they're going to stay for the four years? Um, these are the kind of things that you got to build your legacy on and do what you really need to do. So that's what I have to say, Daryl. Definitely. So good stuff. Well, we'll keep you posted on everything there. We're going to switch over to our second round of NHL hockey coverage but before we do that we just kind of wrap up the first round talk about like kind of what happened and, and kind of how, how we got to where we are right now but uh the series that surprised me you know last we were here talking with you was the toronto montreal series i mean toronto was up three to one i thought they'd wrap it up at home in game five you thought that montreal get one more game and then toronto would take care of business it didn't happen montreal got hot they won the series four to three they haven't lost since uh they're on a seven game uh, winning streak, which we're going to get to in a second here, mm-hmm. in terms of what they did. But like, what do you think about how how Toronto um, folded and, and lost a three one lead? Oh well, yeah, that, that's it, they just allow a, a very good team in Montreal just to get life. And like you said, it's, it's about being hot at the time. When you get to playoffs, it's about the the team that's rolling at that point in time. Um, and Montreal, they just show what they need to do. Um, you know, was my man um, Joel Ehrman. He really started doing really good there with goals and stuff like that. Eric Stahl with the assists. I mean, they had a really consistent thing, and they just progressed and do everything they do. And Price was really playing really good in the goal. So that helped out, too. Exactly. And I always say, like, in a situation when you're up 3-1 and you go home for that game five, that's the game you you got to deliver the knockout punch. Mm-hmm. Because exactly. if you let the other team uh, get home again uh, for that game six, that's when you allow the life to happen. Right. Um, and then it comes back to a game seven, and you feel that pressure. Correct. And that's what happened. They shut down there. So, um, obviously, we already talked about Edmonton and Winnipeg. Uh, Edmonton just uh, didn't didn't get it done. Close games, couldn't finish. Uh, Winnipeg moved on there. Carolina-Nashville, we saw how 
Yeah. Uh, Carolina took care of Nashville, Florida, Tampa Bay. Uh, we, we saw how the Lightning, especially now that they're healthy, playing well, they were able to take care of Florida. Then we saw the Islanders uh, wrap up and surprise Pittsburgh. Yep. Uh, we saw Boston take out Washington. Evenly matched series, um, you know, but just dominated it. Right, exactly that. Colorado, St. Louis, that was that was an easy series for right. the Avalanche. And then Vegas, Minnesota, we, we said, like, I, we did talk, we got this one right. We knew Minnesota would get Vegas fits, but in the end, yeah. they were able to take care of it. So, right. Winnipeg comes off that shocking sweep of Edmonton. They play Montreal. They have the home ice advantage. Doesn't matter because the Canadians were hot. Right. And... Carey Price, all-time goaltender. First, first, I, what I like about this situation is that he really gets like a real f- first good opportunity to show who he really is. Right, right. At the highest stage, and he's doing just and that. It's good to see Canadian um, hockey get back into it. In the last few years, we haven't had no representation. We haven't had any like representation that you really felt okay. had a real chance. Right, exactly. To get to where they need to go, and they're doing really well at this point. Exactly. So. They were able to take care of Yeah, this the, whole new format is really this good, too. format's like, really good. I like how they had the four Canadian teams that you know you had to have. At least one. One to get to the sign of yeah. Right, so what, you, what you're going to have, and we kind of broke that down, but then I really, like, took a little extra time this past week when I put together these sheets. And just like you said, Dad, I, it gives an opportunity for each division to have a representative in the semifinal when it gets right. to the final four. Right. Um, and I think that keeps, like, a, a good range of viewers as well. Oh yeah, because yeah. like for example, say it's all Canadian teams, you you lost your American audience, correct? Or if it's all American teams, you lost your Canadian audience. So this kind of keeps a region alive, right? Right. In the way, west, in the, south, I, or south. And I looked at how how they broke it off. You know, like it's really interesting when I looked at it and stuff. Because when I first looked at it, I was like, "What's going on here?" But then I realized how they did it was the Canadian teams, and they had the southern teams, and they had the East Coast teams, and then they have the Western. Right. And then they kind of put the West and the East play against each other when it gets down to the like, last, you know, final four. And they had the Southern team playing against the Canadian team winner. So, yeah, it all balanced out really well to see. I mean, it's going to be really interesting and stuff like that because, um, like I said, these teams are really going for it. Like, the, the um, battling hard. That's what I would have to say. Yeah, they definitely are. So, you see there, now the Canadians have moved on. The Lightning have moved on. They're going to play each other. Right. Um, Lightning took care of Car- uh, Carolina, no problem. They took care of business. Uh, Braden Point had a good series there. Uh, it's nice to see Nikita Kucherov back as well. Uh, the team's playing strong. Vasilevsky's one of one of the best goaltenders. So now you have two great goaltenders going at each other uh, from different teams. You got Carey Price from the Canadiens. You have Andre Vasilevsky from the Lightning. How do you see that uh, series? Uh, Ooh, kind of well, coming um, I think. It should be really good. It should be a good tight series and stuff. But I wouldn't. Uh, Tampa Bay is rolling. They really I are. I mean, you know, I think they're trying to get back. You know, for last year, getting into you know into the um, Stanley Cup, it was like really good for them at that point in time. To, you know, to put that pressure on and stuff like that. But I, I feel like Tampa Bay is really want to do something. You know, again, you know, to get to where they need to be. Montreal. I mean, I'm not going to say here that they're being a fourth seed in, their, in the Canadian area and stuff like that, and they're representing, doing really well. Um, again, you got two hot teams. Anything can happen and stuff like that. But I can see the um, veteran leadership for um, Tampa Bay just having enough. 
I can see something like a 4-2 series. Gotcha. That's what I'm thinking, too. I'm thinking it's going to go about uh, about 6 or 7, and the Lightning just will edge them out. But we'll talk about that coming up soon. But we have two other really, really closely contested series between the Bruins and the Islanders. Currently, the Islanders lead that 3-2. to two. Do you think? Do you see them finishing it off? Oh, like you said earlier, um, that's something that you have to do. You have. To, I think this is their opportunity. I don't think they want to go back to Boston um, 3-3. So I think uh, Islanders have to come out and play you know, consistently strong, do what they have to do. Um, Kyle Primary um, is doing really well there. You know, he's... You know, at this point in time, he got five goals going for him and stuff like that. So that's something um, it's good to see. Um, I think they have an opportunity. I think for some reason, I think they're playing loose, you know, the Islanders are. So they're, they weren't expected to be where they're at today, um, but they're doing well. And I can see the Islanders ended it in six. Yeah, I I feel that too. I mean, Boston's going to come out hard, you know, like they, 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 they're, they're, that's a tough, they're a tough team. Um, so I, I feel like they're gonna they're gonna give it a fight, and it's gonna be close. So like you said, I think the Islanders got to take care of business at home. They got they got to finish. Mm-hmm. They got to finish because if it gets back to Boston, that's definitely in the uh, in Boston's favor. But but I'm also gonna go with the Islanders. I think they're feeling good. I think they'll take care of business and, and they'll move on to the semifinals. And that leaves us with um, what a lot of people think are the two best teams in hockey between Colorado and Vegas. Uh, Golden Knights with a huge overtime victory yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're up three to two, uh, going back home. Uh, do you think they do they think they wrap it up? Do you think Colorado moves on? Wow, this is something um, really good to look. I think it was two zero, and then now it's three um, two. I just think um, Vegas is rolling at this point in time. I think they have pulled it off and winning six. I did pick originally like big picture. At Colorado, Tampa Bay. So if that's going to happen, I need Colorado to come back. I like the Golden Knights. I like when new teams win. Mm-hmm. So if they win, I'd, I'd be very happy for them. But I think Colorado is going to come back here. I think they're going to take care of the next two games and, and move forward. But we'll see how it all plays out. Okay, good. Definitely. Then we uh, get to switching over to the NBA in our first round wrap-up. We saw the Jazz take care of the Grizzlies 4-1. to Any uh, Any additional thoughts there? Wow. Well, I, um, Memphis is a very young team. Very young team, but a lot of energy. They got themselves in a hole a few times and stuff. They, they had to make a really big comebacks within the game. Um, of course, we understand with the NBA, you have different runs going back and forth. I have to say, um, they got a very good young nucleus. Um, got a good bench, too. But... Um, they, they got a couple other pieces that you got to realize, you know, see what's going on. I mean, Jared Jackson, I'm seeing, you know, from his injuries coming back, doing what he do. Um, you know, they were expecting a little bit more from him. Brooks have stepped up. Moran is just who he is. Uh, Bain coming off the bench, doing really well. Um, yeah, I mean, so um, the center, uh, uh, what's the uh, – Oh, Valanciunas. Valanciunas, yeah, he did really well. I mean, but he was up and down. He wasn't consistent throughout the series. And I think that would that kind of hurt him, the inside play. But, I mean, their guard with Brooks and Moran, like I said, um, was um, Bain coming off the bench, you know, you know, I think they have another. Now, Jackson just got to find his niche. If he find his niche and figure out his role, I mean, is he a three or a four? 
Um, sometimes they try to play him at the five, but it's kind of yeah, because we can't forget he was a number four overall pick. Yeah, and, in a in a draft a right. couple years back. So and he's still young. So it's right. not like so, you but, give up one of you just kind of like correct because I mean it, it's taken this year for Brooks to come into his own. Right. Um. Yeah. So maybe it takes a little time for Jack. They got a nice young team. Yes. Um. I think they can maybe use another couple of veterans. Yeah, which they did have, like for example, they had Iguodala. He didn't want to be there. He went to go to Miami. Whatever right. it worked out. He went to maybe went to the finals last year. Yeah, it's his choice. But hopefully, they can get some willing veterans to go and help this team. That's willing uh, take, to play with Moran and stuff like that. To know that the only thing I do is have a support role, and I think that would be a really good thing for him. Definitely. But the Jazz, solid, complete team. We're going to talk about them in a little bit here. Oh, yeah, we will. Um, I like to talk about the Jazz. Yeah, yeah, but we'll do it a little bit later when we get into the second round part. Definitely. So, uh, probably the most interesting first round series was between the LA Clippers and Dallas Mavericks. Now, last we were here, the Mavericks were up 2 0. They were heading back home. You felt like they just had total control. Then the Clippers won two in a row on the road to take it back to LA, only to lose that. Then you thought Dallas again would take care of business at home. They weren't able to do it. So, it gets to a game seven. I'm thinking, like, is this going to be another Dallas win on the road? But the Clippers end up. Pulling it out, Luka Doncic, you know, gave everything he can, um, but just not a not another supporting player, and just not enough. And the Clippers end up edging that four to three. What was your thoughts on that series? Oh yeah, now that series was very interesting. Kawhi came out, you know, and played what he did. But the thing is, Luka was a one man team, you know. And the thing is, when you look at the series, it's like when you like. I imagine like it was it was kind of kind of funny in a way that Clippers lost to get to this spot and then they almost was pushed to the edge and like you said it was the first time in NBA history I believe that the first uh, six games before I think it might have happened yeah no it, all it, the it happened uh, in 1995 when all, the Rockets played the Spurs right it was five the, the first five games won by the road team and then finally Houston won that in six to advance the NBA Finals and win the championship over the Orlando Magic. But this is the first time the, a road team won the first six games. Right. And, and the thing is, when you, you come into the game, you say it's inevitable that the home team has to win one game. And as the game started, it looked like that way. But then actually Dallas played their way back in it, had a lead at the end of the first quarter. Uh, I think they were down two at halftime. Uh, but... The strangest thing in this whole series, if a lot of if Dallas fans listening and they would really be honest with yourself and see it, Luca is like he had some kind of game plan in his head for Game Six and to let everybody else do something and just let the support and cast try, but it kind of backfired because the way he played in Game Seven, if he would have played that in Game Six, they could have won in six. They would have won in six, but he was kind of like overpassing, like when you get to a point, like comparison would have been like an earlier, younger LeBron. When people used to get on him saying that he don't have that killer instinct as a Kobe or a Michael. Um, and that was true. And Luka came in with that, that same mentality in game six, not with a killer instinct, let's put these guys away. He, he was more concerned about, hey, let me, people in game five were saying he shot too much. But you're the superstar. You're the guy. You're the, you're, you are the guy. If he would have put a good game together with Tim Hardaway's good game in Game Six, this series would have been over, and they would have been playing the Jazz on Sunday. 
But um, <coughs> I mean, on Tuesday. On, no, they would have played on if they would have oh, won yeah, on would've, Friday. They would have been playing the Jazz Sunday. on Sunday. They, that series would have started earlier. Correct. And the thing is, uh, it kind of like went south because the the supporting cast for the Clippers did a little bit more. You can see in this, some games like Reggie Jackson had a big game. You know, six and seven. Uh, Mars and Luke Kennard steps up, have big games. Even um, Man had a big game, game seven. These are the guys, you didn't have that on Dallas. Dallas guys didn't like, where was Kleba? He, I think he, he played scared, didn't do it. Only one, like I said, and you, they, they got to make some really um, heavy decisions on free agency, what they want to do. It's like Brunson, last couple games, he played young. He didn't know what to do. Yeah, it's like he disappeared. Yeah. He was there Brunson, for the first couple, and then, yeah, and then I was um, like, oh, he's still on the on the roster? Yeah, Brunson like didn't step up. Um, Kleber was he, he? He didn't show up. But the big guy KP, you know, he was okay. No, he didn't. Yeah, he's, 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 getting, he's making thirty million dollars. That's what I'm saying. He's he, not making he, what he, he, he did not be. play as a two. He played like, like he was a fourth option. And then they had to, it was so bad they had to play Boban way too much. Boban is a ten to twelve minute guy. Minute game yeah. to play, and he had to be playing close to thirty. That's ridiculous. I mean, that ain't his guy. You know, you you, you expose them to too many different things when you do that. So Dallas right kind of really beat themselves. They beat you know they didn't do what they really needed to do. But that also comes from coaching that you didn't get the green more time during the regular season to be ready for this stage. You know, um, and then trading off James Johnson earlier and. Um, Okadayan or something like that. They traded these guys off. Um, these guys could have been really helpful in this tournament, you know, in this game right here, in this series. But they traded them off for J.J. Redick, who didn't even play. I mean, these are the kind of things that you got to look at. Yeah, that's right. I was like, getting. that's right, J.J. Redick, was, he didn't play? No, he didn't play. What? He's been injured. He had an eight. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, he can't get out there. He can't get out right there. Right there. Yeah, but the thing is... He didn't even want to be in Dallas and stuff, but I heard he didn't really want to get on Dallas. It was just a bad deal with um, New Orleans, what they did. He wanted to go closer to his family, more to a competitive team in the East, but they didn't give him that opportunity. But um, Dallas, like, just to say, Dallas just didn't have the tools around Doncic to do what they needed to do. And Kawhi, and you got to remember, when Kawhi went to the bench, they still had Paul George on the bench. When Dantich went to the bench, they had nobody on the floor. They went, I mean, they had that big lead in game three. They just blew it. Dantich, uh, Rick Right, because you think if you have a second star in that yeah. situation, you don't lose that lead. Right. You don't lose that momentum. I mean, they're up 30-11. And Correct. they lost. And that's something that in game three, if they could have went up 3-0. Right. So what your, yeah, your point was like, if Kawhi goes to the bench, you still got Paul George to at least make sure that a 20-point lead doesn't shrink to like a four-point lead in Correct. like five minutes. Exactly. And, and that's, that's what Luka needs. And, and hopefully he'll get that. Another guy that, you know, we shift to the next series that I feel kind of feels the same way as Luka would be Damian Lillard. Oh. Um, you can hear the disappointment in his voice when they lost the series because he's just being realistic. He's saying, listen, we played a Nuggets team that didn't have two of their starters, yep. especially Jamal Murray and, and Will Barton not being there. You know, we had our full roster. We lost the series in six games. Like something's – there's got to be a shakeup. There's got to be a change. So immediately they made a change. Coach they were at least Terry Stotts. And, and who, who you said on in previous occasions, who you say is a, is a good coach, but you feel like it's just kind of like – kind of stalled out here with Portland and right. because it's like if you don't win in this situation in this setup 
how's it going to get better if you don't make any changes? Correct. And, that's, and this is what happened in this series. I mean, one of the games, I mean, 55 points and they, and they, they lost. Correct. And that was that game five thriller that we were watching here together. And, and, right. and I thought, like, that was a game Portland needed to win because if you don't win when you have heroics like that, how are you going to win when you don't? Right. And, and then game six, you can see you, they was see, tired. They were tired. Yeah. But, like, nobody but he else had no help. Up. I mean, no one else stepped up to help him. And that's one of the things that, I mean, Lillard has been so loyal to Portland, staying out there. But he could have been easily making more money in different places and stuff. But, um and have an opportunity for championships. So this is a tough spot, you know. Where do you go? What do you do? I mean, do we move on? I mean, do we want to go? I mean, like, man, wouldn't it be great to see Lillard playing side by side with Dantage? Yeah, I mean, like, I think of certain guys like that, that, that if they could play together, it'd be cool. I, I don't know how that all works out, but I think there's a two guys I, that, that both either need somebody to come to them or they need to make a decision to say, all right, I've given everything I can give. And it's time for me to move on. So right, we'll see how it goes. And we're going to talk about the Nuggets here in a second um, because they did a heck of a job taking advantage of their situation and, and making the most of what they had and moving forward. Mm. Um, now, Suns-Lakers. Oh, injuries. That's injuries to the Lakers really, really took their toll. Right. I mean, we look at the series and think about LeBron and the Lakers. We would expect, a lot of people are expecting them to win the series. Just because when it first got matched up, it was all oh, poor Utah, poor Phoenix. Phoenix, because we thought maybe that's before Memphis up, you know, beat um, Golden State. You know, they thought, oh, okay, this is what happened. And like again, when you see something like this, Phoenix got to play the defending champs and stuff like that. But it wasn't the, like Magic came out and he really killed the, the effort of some of the players, especially um, Schroeder. And um, I can understand his point, but the thing is, you also got to look at LeBron missed a lot of games. And I don't think he was 100%. And no, no, you, you I think LeBron was that. probably 60% what he needed to be. And same thing with Davis. Davis walked in there probably at 70%, then he got re-injured. These are things that totally Right, so a lot of questions on Anthony Davis have been... Injury prone. Well, he's injury prone. And so the, I guess the question is, like, is he doing what he needs to do in the offseason to be healthy Come this time. That's what a oh, lot of people are questioning that. Good, that's a very good They're saying, thing. like, is Anthony Davis one of those guys that just show up and say, hey, I'm talented, I'm in good shape, not in great shape, but good is good enough. Right. Like, is that Anthony Davis mentality, or does he go to that next level and say, hey, I got to I gotta worldly work on my cardio, my nutrition, my uh, my sleep, my exercise, whatever it is to like make LeBron, sure that, like, like LeBron. I'm going Right. Because LeBron is only able to be this effective because of the regimen he does. Regimen he does, yeah. And that's where, like, I think the thing with Anthony Davis is, is like, is he does he have that mentality to be like, I have, I'm going to give this in the off season so that come when I'm really needed, what they bring me here for, I'm going to be that. Right. But he was a shell of himself this this postseason. LeBron's not there, and then the role players talk about role players. It just they didn't really have anybody else that you could count on in these right. moments. So I believe what Magic said was true. Right. Mm-hmm. So they have a, they have some retooling to do. Right. I mean, and, even, um, even the coach. I mean, the coach, could he have coached this team without LeBron like last year? No. No. Uh, Vogel, he's okay, but is he this kind of coach for these guys? That's a question that has to be answered. 
No, now credit to Phoenix for doing what they had to do. Oh, yeah. You know, like a couple things that worked in their favor. Like we, I had mentioned it. Chris Paul, a lot of times in these situations, and I'm knocking on wood because he's in another series now, a lot of times tends to get hurt at like the worst time. But miraculously, his shoulder was good enough for him to be there for the latter half, just to be good enough. But the guy you said that really, really stepped up was Devin Booker. Correct. Especially in that game six. They didn't take it lightly. They didn't be like, oh, you know what? We got a home game in game seven. We'll just... You know, we'll just coast in game six. Lakers win, no big deal. We'll take, no, he was just like, we're going to take care of business tonight. We're going to end the series tonight. I think he dropped 47. 47. Career yeah. high for him. And that was really big because not only do you win that game, but you give your t- t- team a little more rest. And that showed, which we're going to talk about soon here. Yeah. Uh, but then we shifted to the East. Um, I was a little surprised. Maybe I, maybe I shouldn't be this way, but right. I don't know. I look at Washington. They had a great push. They got to this point. I got to give them credit for getting to this point. Um, they played the Sixers as good as they could. I thought when Embiid went out and uh, in game four, Washington took advantage. They were able to get a win, which I did say Sixers win the series in five, but that's provided no injuries. Embiid was out for game five, and Washington still couldn't take advantage is is the is it which we talk about teams who I feel like have, we just talked about this that have hit a stall and you kind of see this in the postseason. Dallas, they got to make some moves or it's not going to change. Portland, they got to make some moves or it's not going to change. But Washington looked to me the same way. Hachimura, Rui Hachimura is come, right. kind of coming. He's he's coming into his own young player. But Beal and and, and um, Westbrook, I think they did as best as they could. You don't hear any like bad blood between the guys, but it just feels like this is as good as this team's going to be. Right, exactly. I mean, again, a lot of people will always say with Westbrook, where we go, can you play with him? I mean, you know, players, yeah, yeah, and they have their little distances and say certain things like that. But the type of players they are, it's kind of hard to play together to, and win. Um, Beal and Westbrook. It's just that dynamic is hard to have really two Superstar guards on the same team, unless one of them is willing to take the second seat, and I don't see that at this point in time. Um, that's just something they got to do. It's just dynamics. I mean, they got to build up. And, um, and when Ish Smith came in, he he did what he needed to do. So they do have a good nucleus to come off the bench, you know, to help. But in the East, they should always it, with this team here. I don't see them winning. Anything the East, especially with the upper echelon of the Eastern teams, um, but I can see them being a mid-pack, um, consistent team. Right, and that's and that's kind of like if that's what their goal is. I mean, I think it feels like every team you, you feel like, what do we got to do to be in that that upper echelon of teams? Right, and so Washington, another team, I think has moves to make. Um, but but Philly looked good. They moved on. They took care of business. We'll talk about them in the Hawks now, the here in a second. Is, the, but the big surprise. Yeah. Um, we, we're talking Hawks next day? Yeah. Okay, because here's the thing. I initially said Hawks in six. But I was like, all right, Dad and I got to have a couple of different picks. So I was like, all right, if there's a series I was like, is a coin toss for me. I thought the Knicks would be gritty. They don't have much offense, but they'll be gritty. They'll, they'll lock down on D. And they'll get this series one in, in, in seven games. But then I realized, like, this Knicks team has taken strides. It's not at the mid-90s Knicks level just yet. But um, I did not think they, they would just get smacked around and, and lose in five games. Oh, yeah. Now, I have picked Atlanta to win this series. And I, the reason why is what you had just mentioned. The Knicks don't have no offense. And in the playoff, even though you, you defense wins, but they didn't have a consistent flow of offense. And then if Randall, which happened, disappeared 
a couple games. That's it. Because he was the one being, you know, the sixth man of the year, coming to where he needs to be, but yet he wasn't the type of player to take him to that next level in the playoffs. And the thing is, his surrounding cast with Barrett and stuff like that, not enough offense. When you look at the lineup, I mean, Bullock was the most consistent player on the floor in the games, the five games. And I was like, and then you, you if you're going to depend on a, a Rose to have to play so many minutes and do so much, you were, you were looking for trouble. Exactly. Just like you talked about earlier, certain players have to have defined roles where they don't have to. If they're doing too much, something's wrong. Like right. you mentioned with Boban playing for Dallas too yeah. much, something's wrong. And the same thing with Derrick Rose. He's supposed to be a piece. Right. He's supposed to give you maybe like 15 to 20 good minutes. Yeah. Not 30. He can't be your leading scorer. No. And, and that's and then we learned that and Julius Randle. This is this is it was a taste of it was, it was a taste of humility. And I think that they I think that New York at least now is a, a ground where you say this this team has you feel there's hope. Mm-hmm. But I was just surprised like. When after game four, and the Knicks are down three to one, and then Clint Capella just essentially verbally just assaults you, and just says, "You think you're tough? We don't believe you're tough. We're just gonna if you whatever you're going you give, on vacation. right? We're gonna send you on vacation." Trey Trey Young, you're getting mocked, and then you come home to a game five. Which I'm thinking like this: if the Knicks lose a series, you come out and just make a statement in game five, yeah. and if you go back to Atlanta and you lose, whatever. But to lose the way they did at home in the garden yeah. and essentially like – and then I didn't like Spike Lee leaving. Come on, man. Yeah. And then, no. then he comes back. Somebody must have said to everybody on TV or he said, look, you leave. And then he, he, he crawled back under the table. And got yeah, back it's in just – it, it was a it was just sport. It was a bad way to go out. Right. Congrats to make the playoffs. Congrats to get home advantage and everything. I think like I said – they have a room for improvement. Oh, a lot of but, room. Uh, a lot of room. I mean, they just uh, they, wow. they, they, they just have a, a street ball mentality team. I think they need to actually get some more structure, get some different pieces to build off it. I mean, I know Thibodeau is a big-time defensive guy, but he, hey, he ain't going to win if he can't score. Correct. And I, and I just try – exactly. I, I just try to – this team has that – has kind of that – Mid '90s Knicks feel without the skill players like you know you don't have Patrick Ewing out there, Derek Harper and John Starks guys who can shoot, uh, Hubert Davis coming off the bench guys who can put the ball in the basket. Right. You don't uh, have they don't have those players, so no. it's like yeah, you need that grit, but you also need somebody who can score. True. So hopefully they uh, can work on that and can re- and can create their own shot. Correct. That's one of the things too. The Knicks just quickly they just don't have a good team. I mean, they they had a good enough team. They played with heart. I mean, I mean, I know New York fans are not gonna like it, but if they want to hear the truth to get better, they're gonna have to have somebody who can create their own shot. And right now, they don't. Exactly, exactly. So we're now the see. big surprise I have to say is that was was the other series how easy it was. I mean, but I think it was a revenge thing. Um, also, I think it was a lack of a bubble. Like you, everybody had to stay in one area to focus, you no know, distractions and stuff like that, and. We're talking about Miami and Milwaukee. I just said they just came to do business in Middleton and these guys were just ready to go and they just they they put their foot down and they didn't let it up. Exactly that. I think they really wanted it. I said that game one was critical when they won that game in overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that set the tone and, and then you know Miami kind of bottomed out. 
Um, so I, I thought that the Bucks were were ready and, and they were prepared and they and they were just focused on on winning the series. Mm-hmm. So um, and then we're going to talk about what they're not doing now in a little oh, bit here. But the uh, yeah. the Nets and, and the Celtics, we, we kind of just thought the Nets just had a little bit more. Uh, Jason Tatum, another guy who I feel like I don't know what the whole situation with him and Jalen Brown going forward. I, you know, but Jalen Brown not not there didn't help. But he just felt like he. You know, he had enough for one game. Right. But then uh, the rest played, of it. I think he played a good series. I think Boston did, for what the matchup was, what they had to go with. We get to talk about, like, the dislike of the Brooklyn, but in Kyrie and all these guys. But um, Boston did well. I'm not usually a Boston guy and stuff like that, but I'm really proud of how Tatum had stepped up because a couple of times I have said that he would, you know, take it to the next level. And what he does and stuff like that when they were coming down the stretch in the regular season. Some of the things he did. Young man is growing. I mean, they got a young team. And uh, the big shakeup after that is like um, Danny Ainge retiring. Um, Brad Stevens uh, moving up to the thing. I mean, I... So Brad Stevens moves up into the, Danny Ainge's old right, spot. Uh, uh, so who's coaching him? No, they're still looking for it. They're, re- they're looking for a coach at this point. Who do you think time. they should hire? Or who do you think they should consider to hire? Ooh, it's a lot of different players out there. I mean, coaches that's doing it. But I, I don't have no specific guy at this point in time that I look at. But the thing is, they got to have a, a coach that relates to the players of today. Okay, so first of all, let's talk Boston a little bit. Let's, 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 let's talk about, like, Brad Steven, I think he, we had said this earlier in the year that I thought he had lost his voice in the locker room with the players he had. And yet they move him up. I'm thinking if Ainge, like someone else mentioned, if Ainge didn't retire, what would they have did with Stevens? Would, would they, they fired him? You don't know. He must be doing some things right. Maybe right. It's he's, like, good, he's, he's kind of like a guy, guy, like, okay, maybe day to day coaching wasn't for him anymore, but he must have been doing something, you know, like I say, he's a respectable, classy guy. Maybe right. he was doing something right within the organization where they just like, all right, we're just going to, we we're not going to lose you. We're just going to transfer you. Right. You. But the thing is, wouldn't it have been good if he would have went, I never thought about it. Uh, could have went out to like Indiana? Wouldn't that have been a good spot for him to be at the um, University of Indiana? That's what I would I you know, was thinking. Go back but, home, Indianapolis. You know, he was at <sighs> Butler. Then he did this. Would that, I think that would have been a great fit because I think he, let's he fits see, really well in the college scene. Correct. Let's see what happens with Mike Woodson, right? We're going to give the guy a chance right. at Indiana. See how it goes. See if he can get them back on track. Maybe a couple years down the road, that could happen again. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just kind of hard to come out of a NBA executive position to go to a NCAA college position. Unless you it's know, your hometown, and you talk about unless it's high school. Yeah, it, it, correct. So we'll see how that plays out. But there, that's Boston's an interesting team that kind of we, we talk about teams that are like in this middle where they they have some talent. We we just talked about Dallas, Portland, New York yeah. Knicks, Washington. I think Boston like they got the talent, but does it all work? Maybe they need yeah. to yeah. use what they have to generate some better. Chemistry, do Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum, is that a good combo? Oh, yeah, yeah, I believe that's a very good combination. I think they work really well together. I okay. just think there's they need some other pieces, you know. Right. For Teddy, I think of the guy they got from um, Orlando, he didn't really blend in at the end of the year, didn't do well. So, right. Fournette, or Fournette, what was the guy? Um, the guy from 
Orlando that went to Oh, Evan Fournier? Fournier, yeah. He's a decent player. He did play, but they like, don't play. Does it fit? Yeah, I don't did. know. Right, yeah. That's something they have to research and look at. You know? Yes. All right. So then we go into the um now we're into the second round. Now we're into the second round. So I was saying I like Dallas and I wanted him to win the series for the sake of winning the series, but I thought who would make this series with Utah better? I just thought that LA Clippers would be a better matchup against Utah than Dallas cuz I mean cuz Utah is just like they're a complete team man, and they they're very efficient. Right. And uh it would it would have been the, the same scenario in the first series for Dallas. Dallas would have to his role players would have to step up and do more because Doncic would have not just because you know we have likable things about Dallas, but Doncic probably would have been the best guy in that series too. He yeah. would have been the best guy in the series, but it's just this team is not this team is just so they're, they're such a well-oiled machine. Right, um, and we're Utah, talking Utah. Okay, and we're talking about Utah. And like, and like I was going to say to you, a lot better team than I expected because we being here on the East Coast don't get to see him too much playing during the season. Like you just said, you hit it around the head. Very complete team. I think they did a um, a really great job with that man. You know, it's just like I was surprised when I seen them play against Memphis. I said, "Man, this team is actually better with O'Neal." Uh, Royce O'Neal. Yeah, really I mean, good role these player. Are the kind of like, and then, um, yeah, they have a good bench. Um, Conley. Yeah. Um, Conley know, didn't even play yesterday. Right, and you got Mitchell came back off of injuries. He's looking really good. Really and good. somebody's calling him like um, this. Uh, Wade second king. Well, and ironically, guess who's a part owner of the Jazz now? Wade. Because I, I I learned that recently, and I was yeah. just like, it seems a little awkward. Like it just doesn't seem like if Dwayne Wade was going to co-own a team, I didn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick Utah. Right. And I'm not trying exactly. to be stereotypical. I just didn't think that I would have said the same exact thing. Yeah. It's it just like, really. It just it's just it's a little awkward. Right. To see Dwayne Wade, like. Hooping and hollering at a, at a jazz game. It's yeah. just it just awkward. don't it just don't mix and stuff like that. But, yeah, um, but hey, and then like you got Ingles, Favor coming off the bench. Clarkson, sixth man of the year. Right, and you have um, Gobert is the, um, probably going to be the defensive player of the year. Is it him or Ben Simmons? It's going to be one or either or. Let's see. I'm not sure. It's going to be yeah. Ben Simmons. We'll see. L.A. Clippers had a chance to win the game last night. Mm. Uh, this the. The criticism, I don't know if you watched the game. No, I didn't get to see the Okay, game. well, you know, that's why we work together. Some games you see, some games I see. Right. And we kind of bounce off each other. But the uh, the Jazz had it about a, I'd say about a, it was a six to seven point lead within a minute left. Um, missed a couple shots. LA uh, made a couple shots. And it they had the ball. Uh, Mitchell missed uh, what would have been a five point lead with 20 seconds left and likely a game winner. Right. Missed a shot. Paul George rebounds it with 15 seconds left. Ty Lue has a timeout, doesn't call it. So they run the offense. 15 seconds, you feel like. Right. If it's five seconds, you probably call that timeout. 15 seconds, you say, let's just go with it. Right. couple passes. Paul George has a three-pointer that he doesn't take. I'm thinking, take the shot. He passes it to Kawhi, who is clearly defended. He doesn't take a shot. Guess who they, he passes it to? Marcus Morris in the corner, ice cold from three. And what does Marcus Morris do? Miss. And then he gets it blocked, and then he gets a rebound and throws it up desperation. And I'm thinking, Paul George, you just made the last three to get it to a three-point game. Now you got the ball, and it's, you're you're one of the stars. Just shoot it. Because yeah. if you miss it, you miss it. 
But my thing is, if you don't take it, you're going to be like, what would happen if I would have taken that shot? Right. And I, my thing is, like I said, with Paul George, is like, I like him. But I feel like he he gets scared of those, like, game-winning moments. Mm. So this could be the difference. Because I do have the Jazz winning this in seven. And in large part to the fact that if Kawhi, if they dare Paul George to take, like, the shot, will he take it? Yeah. And that's my... My concern. I, I, okay, that's good. They're good to hear. I'm not, wow, I got maybe look at some tape, but I think, um, yeah, I like, I like, I like him even when he did it in the Dallas series. He he was consistent, you know? right? And, and like, I know he's going to be good and do little things, but it's kind of like if you're a five year twenty two twenty two twenty six on on the contract, right? Um, you gotta take, shoot. You gotta shoot the big shot, right? Like, okay, if if Kawhi can't shoot it because they're not letting him shoot it, and they're right. daring you to shoot it, and you're and the crowd is chanting overrated, right? That's your opportunity to prove a different. That thing. you're you're not, and like I said, I like him, but like, do I trust him? Game on the line? No. Okay. So, but we'll see what happens going forward, and hopefully that happens. Right. You know, I mean, Utah got to be worried, too, because um, I look at the box score and I see that uh, Mitchell scored 45 points and he only won by three. Conley didn't play, though. Yeah. And the thing with Utah is, like, anybody can beat you on any given night. Right. I think the L.A. Clippers could do it, but my thing is this. Will they do it? Correct. And so, like, I try to say the Clippers have never, just for the record, I think most of you all would know this, and if you don't, this, this is your time to know. The L.A. Clippers have never advanced to the Western Finals. Obviously, last year, blowing that flagrant lead to the Nuggets. Right. Uh, that was just inexplicable. But now they have another opportunity, and I just feel like I can't pick them to do it until they do it. Right. So that's okay. kind of how I go with picks. If you haven't done it, I'm not going to pick you to do it until you have to You have to prove me wrong. And I, if you do it, you do it. But the way I see the Jazz going, um, I think last night was an opportunity. I think the series is going to be good. It's going to go long, but yeah, okay. that's where I'm, where I'm rolling with. Now... We go to Phoenix and Denver. Denver jumps off to a big start in game one. Phoenix turns on the heat. We want to take a quick minute to congratulate Nikola Jokic on winning the NBA MVP. Okay. Well-deserved. Um, 95 first-place votes. Yeah. Well-deserved. Uh, was a landslide. Well-deserved. I like it. Now, I've been making an argument. Obviously, I guess the series will just play itself out. But I, I've been making an argument for Chris Paul just because everywhere that guy goes, that team wins. Like a lot of times people write off the team he goes to, and they end up doing better. Mm. He went to the Thunder last year. They wrote that team off. What did they do? Yeah, they stretched, Made, the they stretched a, 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 a Houston team. Right. Uh, took them to the brink. This year, do you think that – I think that we would have we said oh, Phoenix would have been, been a decent team. I honestly said no, – They had a very big turnaround. Correct. I, I, going into the season, I said, I think Phoenix can sneak in the playoffs, 7 or 8 seed. Mm-hmm. They may they may be going to the West Finals. Right. We don't know. And I'm thinking in large part to Chris Paul. So congrats to Nicolo Jokic. I don't have anything wrong with that choice. Right. I just look at it and say, you know, you can't include the well, postseason. I just if, say. If you wouldn't, what, the biggest thing, the next guy close to him. Was uh, a bead, and a bead would have won the award if he didn't play more all that game. time. Exactly, that was the only difference. If, right. If you had to say, because a bead is definitely the best big man in in, in uh, basketball at this point in time. You think he's better than Jokic? Overall, like you know, I'm taking Jokic, man. No, no, don't get me wrong. I was just say the consistency, no injuries and stuff like that. So that's what I'm looking at at this point in time. If you, if the injuries are not there, 
Um, a bee is like, he can be very dominant. If you don't get selfish and do certain other things, it can change the pills they were on. Um, and that's what you gotta look at. It's like, the differences in, in like how do they play and what they do. Jokic is definitely a tacticianist and he can do break things down and do really well. Great, I think he's a better passer than a bead and stuff like that. But a bead got a better moves outside jump shit. I mean, no, I, they're both equal. I have to say that. Yeah, but Jokic is just consistent because he don't get hurt. He just plays. Right, exactly. So, so we'll see how that series goes. I have, um, let's see what I got here. I think I have Suns in seven. What do you, what do you got? I got the Suns in right now. I got the Suns in six. Okay. Well, what do you have in the previous series? I had Jazz in oh, seven. I got the got? Jazz in seven. Oh, I don't know. I got the Jazz in six, too. Okay, so you got... We both have the same thing. You in six, me in seven. Right. And then we okay. switch over to the East again. Okay, so Atlanta was hot. They right. took the first game against the Sixers. Right. But the Sixers... Complete team made a difference last night. Oh, um, yeah, and it, it was an your, interesting game. Your boy, uh, Shake Milton, oh, shook yeah. loose. Hey, now, this is what I was going to say. Now, this would be really good. Why is Danny Green still playing? He don't play defense. He's not hitting his shot. He's walking. He's going down the court like me, an old man. I mean, the guy should not be on the floor. I mean, if you want to make some differences and stuff like that and make him come in and, and re, relieve Shake here and there, you could do that. But last night, Doc Rivers had to have a, what would you say, um, a panithony. <laughs> uh, like, what's going on? Um, he has to say, this guy's been on my bench? Yeah. Put Danny on the bench. Let him come off and be a role player. Because this is ridiculous. And I think the other players seen it too. Is like, why is he on the bench? And Danny, he's missing assignments. He's missing shots. He's not playing defense. And he just can't cover anyone. I mean, this is a problem. And I think game three, Milton has to be in the starting lineup. And I think, and then the thing is, well, we got to look at this series here. We got to, like, they came back, they won the game. Um, Tobias Harris had a great uh, first half, you know, first quarter, I would say, not half, first quarter. Um, shaky area, too, is you got to watch um, how they allow um, Atlanta to get back into the game. Hey, I have to say for our local guy, Kevin Horter, great job. He's doing great. He played great. The first two games has been really good. Yesterday, was he came out and people seen that. This kid is really, really good. He, he's not, you know, he's playing tough. He's doing well. Um, but I think Philadelphia, you know, is just a little bit stronger. But the thing is, that first game that most people didn't run, that's why um, Doc Rivers and um, they were kind of like taken back by how they didn't allow defense to be played against Trey Young, you know. And then yesterday, they, they you know, they got to play. Simmons got to play a little tougher with them because Simmons and um, Doc was kind of complaining with the NBA about how they were calling the game. But if they let Simmons play defense, because if everybody's seen that first game, um, Atlanta had a great lead, and then they broke down in the last three minutes of that game. They almost lost it, you know? Uh, to the, to, was, um, who's the guy who came from um, um, Sacramento and went to Atlanta? Uh, Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich. Now, he was originally supposed to go. You know, he was originally supposed Milwaukee. to go to. But then uh, some tampering yeah. and situation. Had, honestly, Milwaukee, man, could use that guy right now. Hey, definitely. Um, it's a big loss. Right. I part. think he would have been a, made a major difference there. But the thing is, he, he played well. But the thing is, if he, he had a big three 
And, um, and, and um, then a um, nice pass from Trey Young to uh, Collins to kind of sealed the game. But, hey, at the end of the game one, Philadelphia turned on the heat and it showed that, hey, man, defense can win and they had the opportunity. But then, like I said, they came out hot, like with a lot of energy in game two. But like our friend Charles Barkley said, hey, they just don't have an outside game other than um, Steph, you know, Steph Curry. Yeah, they really don't have anybody else you can count on. Right, until Milton showed up in the fourth quarter. You know, if he can if he can do that, that makes a whole different thing. It changes Philadelphia. If he can hit, come in and play. But Danny, I, mean, I feel bad. Danny just can't play at this point now. Right, he can't. Another guy like we had talked about got to limit his minutes. Right. He can do some he can get out there for a couple of stretches but you can't you can't he can't be somebody you count on. Count on, right. Uh, his defense is really get not good and he, like I said that he's just missing all the shots. And then he switch over to this one like what happened like you said earlier? Where, where, I was li- I would Demo, say you forgot that go- it was another series. Correct. That's exactly what it is because I I would I would say man those if I'm looking at the playoffs as a whole, the one series I'm really looking forward to was the Nets Bucks. Right. I thought Milwaukee's playing with an edge. They're coming in like they, they may be a dark horse to get to the finals. Uh, we know the Nets are, are loaded with talent. And then the series starts, and, and I knew a couple of things. I said, Dante DiVincenzo, one of their starters, he's going to miss the rest of the season. So that kind of not good for the Bucks. But I thought, like, all right, they still have – they're deep enough where they, they – right. that, that, that may be something that, like, hurts them but doesn't hurt them too much. I thought – I did have, like I said, I had Nets in seven in this series – but I thought the Bucks, you know, would, would would make it a fight. I thought we'd go down the end, and I just thought that the the star power of the Nets would just do a little bit more. Harden goes out in the first minute right. of game one, hamstring with a hamstring issue, and then you start thinking, all right, this is going to make it even closer. This is going to make it even tighter. Like, um, yeah. I turned on the TV. I got home from work last night, and the Bucks were down by like almost fifty points, and I'm thinking this is without Harden. Yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, like, they've essentially spotted you a star, and you still show up like this. You know, they didn't show up. Yeah, they didn't show up. That's the problem. So now they're going back home. Do you, do you do you see any signs of life back in Milwaukee? I I think this is over in five. Sadly, it's going to probably be over in five. Yeah, especially Milwaukee, if the Nets get I'm, one. I'm giving Milwaukee credit to win one, but the way they played the first two games. And the, the arrogancy of uh, Kyrie and Durant, I can see them sweeping them. Right. I mean, they're not going to try to waste not, any time. I would not I mean, be surprised. Yeah, you, I think they want rest. Because if you look at, okay, Harden, I would say out of the stars would be like your most healthy. But right now he's not. But right. Kyrie, we know it's a minute. Anything can happen with him. Right. He can decide, hey, I want to go do a political thing. Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, that, I, and I might go, go to the game. Yeah, that You never know. Right. And then Durant, you know, uh, he's he's looking great, but like I try to say, it's not like he's bulletproof. No. And so it's like and they he don't. rides on coattails. Correct. It, it, correct. Now, I think in his it's, mind, this, say they were to go the distance, right, and, 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 and take it, in his mind, this is like. He's building a legacy. Yeah, this is like, this would mean, if this championship would almost kind of be like LeBron's third, like coming back to Cleveland, right. even though it's a little different. A capstone. This would be like his most valuable. Because you look at the right. first two, okay, you got rings, but everybody look at it like, oh, you went to Golden State and... Ben, he got ben, a coattail. Correct. So he would, this to him, even Kyrie, uh, well, Harden doesn't have any championships, so this would be his first. But it would just be like, these guys feel like, hey, I, I did it, as opposed to like, I 
yeah, rode the bandwagon of the right. best player. Which in the world. I, again, yeah. the Brooklyn is loaded. I they're, mean, they're but they're, the key thing is okay. Everybody else is playing. The thing. This is why I like Brooklyn right now, because everybody else is playing well. Because Joe Harris is playing great. Yeah. Because Jeff Green's playing great. Because Blake Griffin turned into like 2011 Blake exactly. Griffin. So if that happens, then then like they've answered their calling. Like the the big thing in the Nets was is does his team have chemistry and will the role player step up when when necessary? Mm-hmm. And they've answered yes to both of those questions. Right. So we will see how that goes going forward. And uh, as we shift now. Um, we're going to talk a little European soccer. Euro 2020. It's really Euro 2021, but they just keep the name because of the logos and and everything else. So, But uh, it was supposed to happen last year. Yeah. Obviously, the pandemic shut that down, shut the Olympics down, just shut sports in general for a while. So they had decided to do it this year. So um, we, we like soccer. I, I'll be honest, I'm not like a super soccer fan, but when it comes to like the national or the international stage, yep. I get excited about it. Exactly. I like seeing countries go against countries. I like I seeing mean, the best of the best going at it. And you being born in the Netherlands helped you out in the way that you got family that really get into this. Correct. And so that is correct. His dad said, I, you know, I'm, I'm half American, I'm half Dutch, so I'm, I'm half European. So when it comes to soccer, you all better know is football I got to get excited especially when it comes to this this time of year and this stage so it was, was kind of cool if you're a football fan a soccer fan you're getting like two major tournaments back to back you're going to get the Euro Cup this year right. and then the World Cup next year right so wow. um, that's really kind of cool to see so but before we get into Euro Cup just a couple of things going on um, in the States, the United States looking good. The, right. the men's team, they yeah. beat Mexico in the, uh, win that CONCACAF for the first time in four years. Um, so they're trying to really get back to the World Cup for the first time in eight years. Okay. So, you know, we love our Americans. We hope they keep doing their thing. There was a great game against Mexico. Um, but as we switch to the Euro stage, I'm just excited. This thing kicks off, what, Friday? Yes. Friday. So yeah, a couple right. days here. We, uh, get your, have your TV ready. ABC, um, ESPN, ESPN2 should be there. We start the group stage. So the way the Euro Cup is working is you have six groups of four. Mm-hmm. So it's 24 total teams. And you're going to have a group winner of each group and then a group wild card. And then there's four more wild cards to kind of make complete that knockout stage. Correct. Because you got to get 16 to go to that uh, when it's just winner go home. And uh, so we're excited to see that kick off. Obviously, I'm trying to build, we're trying to build a European audience. So for those of you listening in Europe, uh, we love you. And we hope that this is a kickstart for you to check us out. Like Father, Like Son Sports Podcast. Uh, obviously, we, I'm, I'm half Dutch. So I'm trying to build a Dutch audience. So you in the Netherlands, you need you to tune in. You need you to listen to us. And uh, we're going to be... Root right. for you here, and um, also and give us some of your feedback. And give us some of your feedback too. You know, send us a message, and uh, we love to connect and, and see how we can know more and and serve you better with with great content regarding soccer. So, but um, we, we kick go- on over to Group A. 
the group play. Yeah, we're going the to group be, play. We're going to tell so, you who, who we think we could win the group. Also, the wild card coming out of the group, and then we have to think about the additional four wild cards that will be in the knockout stage. Exactly that. So as you as we've broken it down here, um, there's going to be uh, a host nation for each of these groups, and I think it comes together in the knockout stage. We'll we'll cover that on our uh, in episode eleven, but. Um, we see that Italy and Azerbaijan are, are going to be host. I hope I pronounced that right. I do I do my best? Um, <laughs> uh, it's a that's uh, those uh, those countries are, are are not easy. But anyway, um, we have Italy and Azerbaijan hosting Group A. You have Turkey, Italy, Wales, and Switzerland here. Um, Italy's not played well recently. They missed the last World Cup. I think it was their mm-hmm. first miss in a long right. time. Um, but a crop of new talent has arrived on the scene. And uh, I think Italy goes back to their winning ways. Uh, I think that they, they win this group. And then second to them is a team that always fights and, and gives uh, everybody they play their best. They were always a solid defensive team. And that's Switzerland. I see them winning uh, the wild card there. Oh, okay. Well, well, we got the same two teams, but I got um, Switzerland winning the group. Wow, okay. Because they have a more complete team at this point in time. They got the players that need to be there to attack offensively. Um by some research. This is an interesting group that when you see the groups, how they all got paired up. But I, in this one here, in Group A, I got Switzerland winning it, Italy as the wild card. Definitely. We'll see how that plays out. And we move on over to Group B. I, I like what we see here. We have Denmark and Russia hosting this. It's a pretty, pretty solid group here. Um, and uh, you have Denmark, Finland, Belgium, and Russia in this group. And uh, it should be uh, closely, closely contested. Uh, but I, I see that the the team, the country that's going to win this group, is also the country that makes uh, the most uh, delicious waffles on the planet, and that's Belgium. I have Belgium taking this. They have a they have a good core of players. They narrowly uh, advanced to the World Cup final for the first time in 2018, only losing to the eventual champion France. I th- I see them back on the, on the road to victory here. And taking this, and then the wild card, I, I see as one of the host nations uh, is is the Danish team. I think I think Denmark gets it done. I think they win that wild card and uh, they move on. Okay, I got just to make it real clear. I got um, the same two teams. I got um, Belgium winning it, and I also have um, Denmark as this um, wild card out of this one. Great, that's excellent. So then we move on to Group C. Um, another team that disappointed recently was the Netherlands. Uh, missed the last World Cup. And everybody, we all lost out because we didn't get to see those beautiful, bright, orange, shiny jerseys on the field. I said, it just, it just doesn't look right. But, uh, but the Dutch, um, led, led by Memphis Depay, uh, my man Tim Krul, who's uh, Krul in goal, he's going to come through for, for the Netherlands. I think that uh, they, they have a clear uh, advantage here one hosting also another country hosting is Romania but I just think that uh, talent wise I think that uh, versus the other countries here there's, there's a sizable difference I think the Dutch take advantage I think that they win every game in their group to win the group and position themselves to have a nice run in the knockout stage uh, only followed by um, Ukraine to uh, win that wild card Okay, same two teams. The Netherlands winning the group, I feel. Um, again, they missed it last time because of a lot of um, eter- internal um, strife between coaching, administrative, 
players, different ones, who should be on a team, who's not um, finding themselves. Um, but they've been playing pretty well as a national team lately. Um, I think seeing them winning this group. Um, then I got also Ukraine as the um, wild card. Definitely. So. Then we switch over to Group D. And there, yeah, you made to the, who made it to the finals last time. I think it was. Let's not forget, because I, when I was breaking this group down, I was like, I looked at it and I said, wow, you got England, Croatia, Scotland, Czech Republic. All pretty good teams, especially Scotland having a little advantage of being one of the host teams. You know, right. You're on your own soil. But then I was like, it's a team that can just slip your mind, Croatia. And I'm like, wait, 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 everybody, wait. Croatia made it to the World Cup final in 2018. Right. Only losing to France. Obviously, France is low. Yeah, because you had mentioned earlier, I think, you thought Belgium, but actually Belgium lost to France in the semifinal. Correct. And, that, and that's what I did mention. Because I, I, when I looked at that matchup back in 2018, yeah. I was doing my, I did have Belgium winning it all. I was wrong. I said the only team that's going to get in the way of this is France. I said they're loaded with young talent. I said the winner of that matchup is probably going to win it all. And that did end up happening. Yeah, they got the best player in the world at this point in time in France. Oh, yeah. Uh, in Kylian Mbappe, Mbappe, he's he's yeah. unbelievable. Right. Um, and Marco Griezmann, they they, yeah. they got a, they got a solid. So team in this all group here, around. Group D, I got I got uh, Croatia winning it with England because England is a tactician team, and I think they won't. They'll probably have a couple ties and one win. So or they may lose to one, but I think they can go one one and one and get in. So I got England as the wild card. Croatia is the winner. Yeah, I got the same way. I think. Uh, well, you have England winning the group. No, I got Croatia. Okay, then we're we're on the same page. I think Croatia is going to build off that. I, I think they have a really excellent midfield. I think they uh, control the ball well. I think that's one reason that led to their success three years ago. I just think that they uh, they're a good time of possession team. Mm. They make good decisions. Um, they just play within their. They're a smaller team, yeah. but they're a fast team. They're a good passing team, and and I like what they have. I just think that um, they're they're. They're they're gonna they're gonna build off of, of what they did a, a couple of years back, and so I just think that um, they'll they'll continue that, and uh, then we move on to uh, England also winning that wild card, and um, we'll see how that plays out going forward. But then we have Group E. Group E, um, right there. I got we got Spain, Sweden, Poland, Slovakia, and in this one here. I got Spain in, is winning it um, because of the tactics of how they play. And I got Sweden with their aggressiveness as, a, as the wild card. Yeah, wow. I mean, it's like we're uh, copying each other's notes here. But, um, yeah, with uh, Fernando Torres, Sergio Ramos, you know, that's just the core of the players that they've been there. Wow, just yeah. so oh, long. Yeah, long. I mean, time. some guys have been, uh, you know. Well, have, they got uh, some better younger talent at this point in time. Exactly that, and I and I think like they they just they built a good culture, um, you know. I think that they have that's what that's what they're known for. That's what they do, and um, I think that they're uh, going to uh, continue to be great. Um, so, uh, do you think that um, like with Sweden here, I I can't even pronounce some of these names, man. We're gonna have to see them. Uh, I'm looking at some of their roster now. I'm thinking of some of these guys that were there. Yeah. Um, in 20, because they made a decent run in 2018. Uh, they, they, they made it to the uh, final uh, eight. Final eight, right? Um, so, Olsen, uh, we have um, Philip Hill, Philip Hellander. 
I think he was in uh, one of their mm. solid defense defensive players as well. So I think they were they were you know Sweden's going to be like I say they 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 know how to play the ball well. I think that that the difference in that between them and Spain is going to be who who wins that game, right. how that plays out. But I do have uh, Spain moving on, and then finally we have uh, Group F with uh, basically might as well call that Group France. But it's a it's a group of that's what they consider this the year to be the group of death, right? Um, just as uh, you have Hungary, Portugal, France, and Germany. So obviously we you know Hungary's they're hosting, right? I think people are sleeping on them, mm-hmm. and I but I think that they're that I don't know if they, I don't see them advancing, but I see them giving the the other three teams who I do see advancing fits, right? Um, I see France being the best overall team in this tournament and winning the group. Uh, followed up by Germany, who I think is going to make up for their unfortunate outing in 2018. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got France winning this group, but I got Portugal getting the wild card in this group. Just because of the matchups and stuff like that. I think the style of play and uh, Germany is rebuilding. I mean, they did just win the, uh, the Euro Cup uh, under t- 21. Last weekend, beating um, Port, um, Portugal. And I just think um, that's just the thing, under 21. Some of those players may move up. May move up into, into this already still young and loaded roster. Right. And let I me mean, I mean, correct an error. I mean, it's not Marco Griezmann. It's Antoine Griezmann. Okay. So you have him with Kylian Mbappe and then Oliver Giroud. That's a pretty yeah. lethal, uh, formidable trio up front. Um, you also have Karim Benzema. And uh, my man uh, that I – I like in the midfielders, Paul Pogba. Okay. Uh, he just really uh, controls the ball well. Okay. And uh, so I just think France just has just such a uh, loaded roster. I see them uh, moving okay. even further. But we'll, we'll, we'll address that. But then we talk about the additional wild cards. Yeah. Uh, these are the ones I have. I have Turkey coming out of Group A. I have Russia coming out of Group B. I'm going to represent one of the countries that listens to our program, Poland. Due to that, I'm having you coming out too, out of Group E, Poland advancing, and then finally Portugal. I don't think Cristiano Ronaldo is going to leave his team out of this tournament uh, going forward. I think that they'll do just enough to get to the knockout stage and compete for the big prize. Oh man! And let's not forget that the last time Euro Cup was played, 2016, Portugal did win it. So I just do think that Portugal has that pride to defend their title. And I think that uh, that they're going to make a okay. run at that. Hey, well, out of the four additional wild cards, you know, I got Turkey also coming out of Group A. You know, um, so they got the tenacity to do what they need to do. Um, I got Russia out of Group B. You know, getting into this thing, this group. Um, I got only thing I got Czech, the Czech Republic coming out of Group D, and I got Germany coming out of Group F. Yeah, there's only one difference there. Yeah. So, like I said, we don't see international soccer, so we're not going to act like we do. We're, we're just going to give you the best overall kind of consensus knowledge that we have after watching international soccer right. for the better part of the uh, last Few years. 20 series, 20 years. I, I yeah. got into it back in 98. That was like my first World Experience. Cup that I remember. Yeah. I mean, I remember in 94 when Roberto Baggio kicked the uh, ball <laughs> over the goal. I, yeah. They said the ball is still in the air today. I don't know. That's just a joke. But that's the first moment I remember. That's back in 94. And then I remember uh, actively watching the tournament in 98, seeing how dominant 
um, Brazil was and only to get upset by France. Right. So um, who, who hosted and just kind of shows you. So, but as we watch the Euro Cup, we're going to know more players. We're going to know more situations. And then when we come back the next go around, uh, we're going to have even a little bit more for you there. Okay, great. So uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you enjoy the rest of the second round of the NBA and the NHL. We're going to get into the conference finals here. On our next go-around, we're going to give you uh, kind of like our review of the group stage, where that's at in the Euro Cup as we get ready for the knockout stage. We'll see how we do. We hope you enjoy it as well and uh, enjoy the weather, especially summer is in most places. Get outside, get some good sun, get some get that vitamin D in your skin. Just enjoy uh what we're blessed to have in summer and we will see you next time on our like father like son sports podcast later thank you so much for listening today whether you tuned in with us through spotify apple or google podcast we are thankful and we would also like to invite you to connect with us head on over to anchor.fm forward slash like father like son sports where you will find our social media outlets via facebook twitter instagram and youtube until then be well stay safe and we will see you next time on the like father like son sports podcast